We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Yeah, we're a little late this week, but let's go. It's the Sooner Sports Podcast, dropping on a Wednesday afternoon with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank, and Toby, oh my gosh, heartbreak last night in Athens, Georgia. Were you able to follow along in the game yeah. Game one? I, I watched uh, I watched ESPN or the SEC Network feed mm-hmm. and listened to you because uh, I couldn't stand I, this uh, announcers not being in the ballpark thing is for the birds mm-hmm. and they they were so wrong about so many things and they were you know they didn't know what was going on so no offense to them it's, right. just, it's hard it's to tough. call a game when you're not in the stadium. So I couldn't. I listened to that for about five minutes, and I said, "I what am I doing? I got to listen to Plank." So I was listening to you for uh, both games, and that was it. Was weird to be that emotionally invested <laughs> in a regular season game. You know, I, I agree. Was, it was. It's only one loss, but I, every, everybody was hoping for the uh, undefeated you know, championship sure. run and, and a uh, one loss championship run would feel just as good. So let's go, uh, let's go get that now. But that was wild, man. Yeah. The girl so missing home play. And uh, I thought, I thought we got squeezed a little, Chris, I'm not going to lie. Really? I, thought, I didn't like the strike zone. I didn't like the strike zone for that game, but uh, you know, what are you going to do? I, I felt, okay, well, let's let's start here because I know with, with our schedules, it's not often that you get to sit and watch full softball game or, you know, vice versa. I get That's to sit. That's the first, first time this year. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. happen that often. And, uh, well, first of all, I love the idea of this kind of trip. I, I think it's good. And I saw some people on social media, oh, why would you take that trip after Texas? Well, because Patty Gasso wants this team challenged, you know, and yeah. I thought it was a great challenge. 
it was a great physical challenge. It was a great emotional challenge, mental challenge, and obviously a challenge in the opponent. Georgia's pretty good. You know, they're a top 20 team. And in Mary Wilson-Avent, they've got one of the better pitchers in, in the SEC. Now, as we learned in game two, it's a pretty significant drop-off after Mary Wilson-Avent and an angry Sooner team is a much better Sooner team. Um, but I, I, here's what blew me away. Outside of me almost pulling a vocal cord on Lindsey Elam's Grand Slam. I don't know if you could have two more opposite types of games through the yeah. span of what the first five innings were and what the final four innings ended up being. Because, yeah, this back and forth pitcher's duel to where it was, you know, a one mistake by by Avent and Grace Lines made her pay. And then, you know, G. Warris has struggled this year a little bit with the long ball. So, you know, she made one mistake and then compounded that with the second. But yet you're sitting at two to one heading into the sixth inning. And then there's, what, 11 runs that are scored over the next three innings between the two teams? I mean, that's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah. No, it was oh. it was a bizarre game. But I agree with you. I think that if Oklahoma, you know, goes on and wins the national championship this year, I promise you Patty will look back at this trip as, you know, not a defining moment for them, but a very valuable one. Sure. And sure. I uh, – I, Win or lose. Now, you guys didn't have the normal Palm Beach. No. Or Mexico. No, nothing. Or some of that. You, I mean, I know you went out to uh, Arizona, but the, I have found with travels through the years that a large amount of team building takes place on road trips. Sure does. Um, you know, win, winning is great. It's the best, but uh, so significant. Tra- a team traveling together is such a significant thing, and the bonding that takes place. And I know it's different in in this year with COVID and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes, you know, great things happen on a road trip. If you laugh about it, sometimes you have a horrendous road trip. <laughs> I think back to uh, basketball uh, two years ago. We went to Ames, Iowa, and it was ice and snow, and the well, the plane couldn't hardly land, and then the bus got stuck in the snow, and we started sliding backwards down a hill in a bus oh, no. on ice, oh, no. and we're driving from Des Moines to Ames, and I thought, this is it. This is this is how it's going to end. This <laughs> is the last trip on this bus is sliding around everywhere, and it was horrific. It was terrible. And then we, you know, once we survived it and it was over, we've laughed about it uh, ever since. And same thing with a road trip one time to uh, Morgantown. We ended up in Newark, New Jersey uh, because of, you know, so. Oh, Barry Trammell wrote about that that one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Trammell was with us on that one. Sometimes uh, road trips uh, are about the games. Sometimes they're about way more than the games. True. And true. Um, we'll Very see. True. We'll see. I mean, it's too early to know right now. Uh, but uh, I, it's a shame they lost. But, dadgummit, they're still really good. And I think I think they're the best team in the country. Not not to get off on a tangent here, but I think – One statement I just made, I know, right? by the way. I think they're the best team in the country. <laughs> After they bounced back the way they did in game two and won it 12-3. to three. I I think about crazy road trips, one with softball here in a second, but obviously everyone's natural is that Kansas State trip, which it's so f- mm-hmm. with football, which is so funny because you would drove. So yeah. you're basically there in the hotel chilling while the rest of us are waiting I went to, to bed. I went to bed before the team arrived that night. I remember 
I think I left. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have this timing slightly off. But I think the team was supposed to leave at two or so. And I was going to not be able to leave for whatever reason till three or four. And so I was not going to make the team plane and I was going to drive up. And I remember making arrangements with the rest of the crew saying, hey, you guys go ahead and get dinner without me, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to be up till eight or nine that night. And I pull into Manhattan, obviously beat the team there. Eight, went to bed before the team ever got there. It was, uh, yeah, that was crazy. And then for me, I was thinking about softball. And and by the way, on all these trips that I've taken, I've been on every trip with the Sooner softball team since 2016. From a logistic perspective, it's amazing, right? Everything is planned out to a T. Their director of ops, Jackie Livingston, is the absolute best. But I think back a lot to 2017, T-Row, and in, in some ways this trip reminded me of it because that's the defending national champs. They'd had kind of a, a tough start to the season because they went to Mexico and lost a couple games, got beat by Auburn and got beat by Washington. And they started putting together some wins, and we went to – we went on spring break, and from about March 13th until March 19th, we were on the road. And we played in that span uh, like seven games. And I'll never forget, you know, they lost back-to-back games that year to Cal Poly. And, in fact, I think they lost to Arizona to start that trip, and they played at Long Beach State, you know, Coach Gasso's alma mater. And I remember coming back after that trip wondering, oof, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, it was that those were two tough losses to Cal Poly, and they, they hadn't necessarily played that well. I remember vividly talking to Paige Parker when we were getting on the plane, and she was like, "Oh, this has just been a, this has been a drain." And and what did they do? I, I don't know if they lost again that season outside of I think a, a random Sunday game against Baylor. They pretty much ran the table and ended up winning the national championship over Florida. So. Sometimes when you look back as we're laying out on trips that could be taxing, exhausting, they end up being the best thing for a team. And I, yep. I hope that's the case with this team. But I'll, I'll tell you this this much. Um, that, that Georgia pitcher threw the game of her life last night. Yep. And I was with you. I, I, I know you mentioned it. I hate to go back and a little scattered here. But I really felt like that strike zone, and we had we were up high, Toby. So we were up high, and we were angled down the first baseline. So that's kind of a tough perspective for balls and strikes, but I thought it was pretty wide early in the game, and I felt like in about the fourth inning, it just got ratcheted right. really tight. And suddenly yeah, – outside yeah. corner disappeared. Right, and I hate that. If it's – and, and umpiring's a hard job, but if it's there in the first inning, why isn't it there in the sixth inning? And, boy, you, I, I sit here and I think about the what-ifs. You know, Jocelyn has that ball that she almost catches in left field. You know, maybe a better throw on that final play. We play on to the tenth inning. You know, a couple of opportunities with runners in scoring position, and you hit the ball hard right at them. But I thought after the 7-6 to six loss to come back and play the way they did in the second game and jump on Georgia early, it's incredibly reassuring heading into Texas Tech this, this weekend. And I, I think this is out there, at least by the time this podcast drops, it will be. But the Sooners are going to Waco now on Tuesday of next week to play two games. So we're going to be back on the road on Tuesday in Waco next week. And how about how are you? Oh, go how ahead. are you handling it? You, you haven't called a loss in <laughs> uh, 500 I, days or so. Are you holding up okay? You know, it was kind of cool, Toby, because I've got one of my great friends, works at Georgia, Mike Bilbo. We put a picture up on Twitter last night yeah. when I saw him. 
Uh, the great David Bassetti was there. He's preparing to run the Falcons' war room for the draft, and the former Sooner wow. associate SID was there. And so it was – I like Georgia. I love that campus. Um, now, their PA guy and I could have had some words afterwards because <laughs> – did you notice that? Oh, my gosh. I, I, he was loud, yeah. Uh, he was loud, and their sound system was, I mean, at, uh, at at blaring decibels. But but I came away, you know, Patrick Dunn and I. I think Eric sits – does Eric sit with you in the baseball road trips, Eric Collier? Uh, some, uh, I'd say about half and half. Okay, and this Not is real home, inside baseball. But on baseball. the road a lot, yes. But I, that was – and I hope Patrick doesn't mind me saying this, but that was as invested as I think I've seen him. And then he I, – I'm getting juiced up, man. I'm fighting my voice, and we're pumping fists and, 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 and high-fiving. And then at the end, you know, he's like, hey, Bud Light Post Game Show is next. Both kind of looked at each other and said, I, I think this team's going to be better for that. So it was kind of one of those moments to where when you saw the ball bounce over John's head in the left field, you thought this is going to be a tough play at home, and sure enough, it was. But then you're like, no, oh, okay, well, 40-game win streak over. Let's go win the next one. Boom, 34-1 and one and, and still rolling in Big 12 play. So I'm – I'm excited about the future. How about baseball? Uh, of course, the uh, game ended up getting postponed on Tuesday night for you because right. of weather. Well, it was kind of unique anyway because of a non-conference game against Tech, but I want to see this team get back on the field, Toby. Yeah, um, they are going to play that game uh, May 4th. I think my date is right there. Uh, they're going to they're gonna play the Tech get game up. out in Amarillo. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I like – that game getting scheduled, and I think as long as Skip's at OU and Tadlock is at Tech, that might become a regular thing. I hope it does anyway. It's it's a high-quality non-conference matchup, and um, so I was looking forward to that. I, May 4th, I by the think, way, you are correct, by the way, not to interject, okay. but you will be back at the home of the Amarillo, uh, Amarillo Sod Poodles on May 4th. Hodgetown. Yes. Yeah, they, uh, Hodgetown, the, uh, the, they say, I don't know, uh, Tulsa may disagree, they say it was voted the top double-A ballpark in America. Hmm. So uh, it must be pretty nice if it's beaten out One Oak Field for anything. Wow. Um, but anyway, I'm looking forward to going out there at some point. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for this team to get some rest. Gotcha. You know, they, uh, they're coming off losing two of three in Manhattan in a disappointing series loss and disappointing how Sunday was kind of a um, – it was only eight to three, but they made a lot of mistakes in that game. They uh, they had so many opportunities early to jump at way out in front and left runners on base, and then the bullpen kind of uh, blew up on them a little bit in the second half of that game. And I know Skip was frustrated afterwards, and it was such an important game to play that poorly was very disappointing. They used a ton of pitching in that game, so I think not having to go use pitching in the midweek and get yourself fully rested and game planned up for this week is probably not a bad thing. You know, they need to, they want to play that tech game because they need all the RPI points they could possibly get. And that's a potentially good one on down the line, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for them to regroup, come home and see if they can start a win streak here. They, uh, this is a good team. In fact, there's not a game the rest of the way against a team that's above like 80 in the RPI. And that includes Georgia Southern, who uh, will be here this weekend. Sunbelt team, potential NCAA tournament team. Uh, they had won eight in a row. 
before losing their final game to Coastal Carolina on Sunday in a series. They took two of three from Coastal Carolina, which is a you know team that won the national championship a few years back. Uh, in that eight-game winning streak, they beat Georgia at Georgia. So this is a it's a nice program that's coming in here, Georgia Southern. I know it doesn't jump off the schedule at you, but they uh, they're a quality team that might be an NCAA tournament team this year. So this will be a good test. And then after that, it's just it's murderer's row time. It's Oklahoma State, it's Tech, it's two West Virginia, it's a series against Tech. It's you know it gets tough. So they are in a. They are in a uh, – I feel like we've talked about this every week, and I, I hope that next week their position will have improved. But they're kind of treading water here in the 70s and 80s of the RPI. And you want to feel – to feel good, you want to be up around 40. So it, it, they, they are going to have to punch the gas and put together some wins over some quality teams here to give themselves a chance. They did something different last weekend with their pitching. And uh, might have found something. We'll see if they try it again. But Skip uh, stacked Jake Bennett and Wyatt Olds in game one. Uh, Jake Bennett started, went about four and a half innings. Uh, Wyatt Olds took over out of the bullpen, went the next four and a half innings. And they were great. I mean, both guys were fantastic. Now, OU lost that game in extra innings. But Bennett and Olds only gave up two runs the whole way. And then... Braden Carmichael pitched game two, and they ended up winning that game. So we'll see. The, the problem with that formula is you got a third game there, you know, and right. they didn't uh, they didn't find the right formula for game three in Manhattan. So they have to try something different. It, it might be time. We'll see. We've been talking about this. It might be time to push the rough corn button. You know, we've. Hmm. We've been talking, uh, Skip's been hitting around since this, before the season started about maybe using him as a starter. And they might be deep enough in the season now and, and in a predicament where they might have to pull that uh, ripcord. I'm not sure. But uh, we'll see. He's trying. He's trying different things. The pitching was really a lot better there for about a five-game stretch until Sunday. Uh, and so I think it's trending in a good direction, but they've got to, they've got to win two of three this weekend against Georgia Southern, if not win all three of them and start to start to turn this thing in a, in a good direction, a positive direction. All right. Um, Tiro, a couple things before I let you get out of here. Number one, what's your schedule looking like for this weekend? Are you still calling baseball on Friday? Or are you going to keep the uh, tone, uh, the uh, golden pipes rested for the spring game on Saturday? Uh, as I uh, told someone on Twitter, uh, do not use the golden pipes for the spring game. <laughs> the spring game is uh, um, always tricky to call because you you hesitant to get too excited about any play because that means you also gave up a touchdown if you scored a touchdown. So you've got to balance your enthusiasm when somebody breaks free behind the defense. That's great. But also, one of your defensive backs got beat, so right, uh, it's tricky. <laughs> My schedule is yeah, Friday night I got baseball, Saturday uh, football, Sunday baseball. Taylor Maples is going to help us out with the baseball on Saturday. Um, I think there is a chance of weather Friday, so everybody uh, keep an eye on your social medias to see baseball and softball wise 
whether or not we can get those Friday games in. If not, for baseball, we would play two then on Saturday, I believe, and I think Taylor would probably call both of those games. Um, and if I could, uh, Chris, if you'll allow me. Go ahead. I, ha- I have a couple of book signings coming oh, up. Oh, absolutely. Weekend. Spread the word. Unhitch the wagon. Uh, if you are coming to town for the spring game, Friday from 11 to 1 at Occasions, which is uh, in Carriage Plaza on Main Street, and then Saturday 11 to 1 at the Sooner Shop there at the stadium. Uh, we'll be doing some book signing. So come pick up a perfect graduation gift or birthday gift or a Mother's Day gift or maybe just, just you just need it to complete your Sooner collection. I'd be glad to sign it for you. That's awesome. Occasions right there, as you mentioned. I say in the heart of Norman, just about everywhere. Yeah. But that's the heart of Norman, right? They're off Main Street. I mean, it's it's right in the Carriage middle of Plaza's, everywhere. Uh, Carriage Plaza is dangerous <laughs> for uh, my wife. Same. Same. Yeah. I well, I guess it's not dangerous. It's dangerous for me. Right. It's it's glorious for my wife. Uh, and occasions and a whole bunch of places she loves to hang out. Hey, um, we're going we're gonna to wrap up here real quick, but you mentioned the spring game as you brought up. You're going to be on TV with uh, Dusty and with Jessica, and uh, Chad's going to be on the radio call with Teddy, Gabe, and then I'll slide over there as soon as we get done with softball. But I was, I was talking with Gabe and Teddy putting together the pregame show. Well, uh, Gabe's the only one that's replied so far, Teddy, whenever he feels like it. But he talked about the <laughs> center position, and I'm so fascinated by so many things, and one of the most important things I'm fascinated by, Toby, on Saturday is who are we actually going to see play? Right, and I think that's not a knock on anyone. The spring game's great; it gives us a reason to get crazy about college football in the middle of April. But I don't really know who we're going to see on Saturday, and who's going to play, and who isn't, and just how physical we're going to get. Ohio State had a no tackle spring game. I wonder if we'll see something like that on Saturday. Um, I mean, I haven't heard anything like that, but maybe. Right. I mean, I, I think that you know the expectations have to be it's a springtime celebration of football and of the team we love and i don't know that we're gonna have uh position battles won right or that we're going to if you're showing up with a pen and a paper and you're there to kind of judge everyone at their positions (laughs) maybe in the past you know but I just I think now um, you know coaches are wanting to keep their guys safe and uh, so there's maybe more of an effort than the although I mean gosh Adrian Peterson was running around in a blue jersey back in the day and mm-hmm. quarterbacks have always been protected in these things so it's just fun to see Owen Field again you know and it, we're gonna for me the most fun of a spring game is to see the new guys and so I want to I want to see what they look like in a uniform. We've talked about them uh, on signing day. Uh, we've, you know, we've seen their high school tape, their huddle tape, all that kind of stuff. We've heard recruiting analysts talk about them. We've even heard now in the spring teammates and coaches talk about the new guys. But we get to see them for the first time in, you know, what uniform number they're going to be wearing, and that, oh, that's what Mario Williams looks like. <laughs> you know, oh, that's what Caleb Williams looks like. That. So um, I did a little piece that is going to be released this week, I think, by the Sooner Vision folks. Uh, It's just a small little thing for social media, but it talks about, do you remember the first time 
that you saw Hollywood run? Do you remember the first time Very that you saw cool. Kyler scramble? And all, you know, guys throughout, depending on how old you are and how far you go back, maybe it's a spring game, maybe it's not. But you remember in your mind, the first time you saw Adrian Peterson, right? It was breathtaking. Even even if it was a practice or a spring game, you're like, oh, my, that guy's a train out there. Or the first time, you know, back in the day, the first time you saw Leroy Selman on a field, I bet he looked like a monster. So um, that's kind of what the spring game is about for me. And it'll be it'll be great to see Rattler and uh, – um, you know, some of the guys who on defense, who I'm looking forward to being Benito and mm. Isaiah Thomas and some of these guys that are back. But more than anything for me, it's about getting to kind of see the new guys and that remember when moment that this might be something special that you say, ah, you remember that first time you saw Mario Williams? You remember I was a spring game 2021. Yeah. And he made that play, and now look at him. He's a superstar. So uh, it'll be fun. We'll we'll have a good time. You know what my favorite remember when was? Remember when we first saw Baker Mayfield in the spring game, and he didn't throw an incomplete pass, and then he yes, right. and then he sat out the season and proceeded to take the Sooners to uh, Heisman Trophy national semifinal. Yeah, it's a uh, that's a great way to look at Saturday. I can't wait, Toby. Kept you way too long, but I appreciate your time, man. Can't wait to talk next Tuesday when we're back on somewhat of a regular schedule. We'll see. Uh, all right. See you, Chris. Thanks, see, buddy. See you, Toby. Oh, man, great stuff from Toby. I mean, I'm just fired up for the – I'm fired up for everything. I love the way that the softball team bounced back last night in Athens. I, I'm excited to, to see the spring game. I'm, I'm excited to see this softball team play again on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'm uh, equally juiced to hit the road and head down to Waco next week and Denton. And, uh, gosh, you look up and only got three weeks left in the regular season for college softball. Think about it. You got this weekend against Texas Tech. You got the Baylor Series, which is going to be played on Tuesday. You've got North Texas after that. You may end up having a weekend off. We'll see how that plays out. And you've got Oklahoma State. And then we're off to the Big 12 tournament. I mean, that's it. Three weeks. Where'd this season go? Love the way this team bounced back. Hey, on, on the Huddle Show, you heard from Calvin Thibodeau. But I wanted to share a couple of things a little more in-depth with Tibbs because some of that interview is obviously it's it's edited for time. But I wanted to bring you Jessica Cooties one-on-one with the man who's always looking for some war daddies, Calvin Thibodeau, here on this edition of The Game Plan to get you ready for the spring game on the Sooner Sports Podcast. And we welcome in defensive line coach Calvin Thibodeau. Coach Thibodeau, how is spring football going for you? You didn't get to have the chance to get out on the field with your guys last spring. So how's it going this year? Uh, so far, really good, man. I, I've been really excited about some of the things that have been on tape. And you know, I'm excited about my group. Uh, you know, we, we, we have experience. We have talent. We have depth. So, you know, I've, I've, I've been excited about, you know, the direction of the group. Having the depth that you have of guys that have played a lot of football for you, talented, what does that do for you guys in the spring? And, and as you continue to develop them, how does that maybe change what you do in years past? Uh, I don't want to say, I wouldn't say it changes anything. You know, experience is just one component. Um, you know, the thing that, that I've been excited about is that these guys come out there and they compete every day. And 
we 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 want to make the most of every day. You know, it got taken away from us last year, so every day, you know, we cherish it. We go out there and uh, you know give it our all. So I've been I've been proud of the group from that standpoint of making the most of every day. There were several times last season that Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch said that you know the defensive line was the MVP of you know multiple games. How have you seen your guys maybe carry over how they were playing, especially at the end of the season, into maybe off-season workouts and, and now in spring football? It's it's a big confidence booster when when you know that you know you you were a big piece of reason why you, you had success, but you want to build on that. You know you you want to continue to make strides and continue to improve, and and uh, that that's the goal of of any champion. You know you want to continue to improve. What's the confidence level of uh, your guys up front right now? Uh, man, it's it's pretty high. You know, they they know that if you know they do it the way you know they they've been coached to do it. If you know they run the calls that that, that Coach Grinch calls, man, they're gonna have a chance for success every snap. Why were you guys up front able to cause so much disruption and and be so productive last season? Uh, scheme, you know, scheme. Uh, you know, the players that we have, you know, they're talented, they're twitchy, and uh, you know, they like to find the football. You know, at the end of the day, you know, so. A uh, combination of, of both, but but really being excited about those guys and you know you know they they're, they're taking strides every day. With Jamar Kane, you guys seem to work a lot together, and your guys kind of work a lot together. Take us through how that works. What's the process of um, kind of you know working with your groups together, and how you maybe make the decision on which guys go where and where they kind of fit best? Yeah, I, I would say like maybe you know when, you know third down is a big down, so. You know, we, we want to put the, the, the most athletic guys, you know, the best playmakers out on the field. And, uh, you know, we, we want to put those guys in position where they can get one-on-ones and, and, and take advantage of that. So uh, we, we have to work together. We, we always thinking about, hey, who are the best guys? You know, uh, you know, we went from, you know, bumping IT out at five and moving them inside throughout the season. And, you know, just as D-line coaches, our job is to get the best guys out there. And, uh, you know, it's always an evaluation every day, you know. Uh, you know, during fall camp, you kind of notice some that, you know, IT was playing well inside. He wound up starting the season inside, so we started him there. Uh, and then, you know, he wound up bumping back out to end and playing, doing, doing a great job. But then he wound up bumping back inside. So you had to adjust all the pieces, and, and uh, I thought we did a great job of that. Yeah, you hear a lot of, you know, your guys, the, the DNs and the, you know, defensive tackles talk about you guys working together. What is the relationship like between you and Coach Kane? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. You know, he like at the end of the day, you know, he knows ball, man, and he loves the players. He loves his university. And, um, you know, those are the things we have in common. So at the end of the day, we we, we want to be successful. You know, we want to put our guys in position where they can go hunt, you know, make sure that they're developing on and off the field. And, you know, we have those things in common. And, you know, it's been pretty good. You mentioned IT breakout season. What a great story. You know, again, patiently waited for his time and then you know, coming into this year, I know high expectations, but what other level can Isaiah Thomas play at going into this year? The, the, the sky is the limit for him, man. He, he's, man, you know, he, he's intelligent, he's experienced now, and, and, you know, he has experience of making plays. So, you know, I, I, I think that, that, that the, the, the sky is, is the limit, man. I'm expecting big things from him this year. And a lot of people obviously want to know about Jalen Redmond. You know, sits out last year, comes back. What have you seen out of him this spring? Really excited about him. You know, we, he, he was, you know, bothered by a couple of knick-knack injuries. So, you know, he's just kind of truly coming into form now. Uh, but, you know, you know, you put him out there on third down and, you know, you see him making plays. He has a knack for finding the ball. You know, he, he was doing that as a freshman. So, you know, that, that's truly going to help our defense. We're expecting big things from him. What does, you know, all these guys that we're talking about, that depth for defense on the defensive line, what does that do 
How does that set the tone for what a defense can do? Well, well, for, for my group particularly, you know, you don't have to be out there, you know, saving yourself. You know, you know, hey, you go in there and you leave it all on the field, no loafs, make sure you busting balls to the wild effort and you can tag your, your partner and then, 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 then he can come in and do the exact same thing. And, and when you talk about true depth, it's, you know, when you make a rotation, you know, there's not a drop off of uh, guys who, who can make plays. And, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, six, seven bodies, but I think there's a difference between having seven bodies and then seven playmakers. And I think, you know, when you look at Perrion, man, when, when, when he want to do it, man, you know, he can do it. You know, there's, there's nobody like him. You know, uh, you know, you look at Josh Ellison, he's he's having a really good spring. You know, uh, um, he's ran with the ones all all spring and he's doing a great job, expecting big things from him. You look at a guy like Jordan Kelly, uh, he's having a good spring. Been, been probably the most consistent of his career. You know, he's playing fast. Uh, you look up, you know, and getting Jalen Redman back, uh, you know, he's flashing a ton. So we expecting big things out of him. Uh, a guy like Isaiah Cole, you know, he just got – he was kind of uh, uh, bothered by a couple of knick-knack injuries. But to get him back, you can see that he's powerful, he's strong. Uh, you look at a guy like LaRon Stokes who, you know, has played in several games and, you know, uh, uh, man, it's competitive, man. And, and you know he's going to help us at some point. You look at Corey Robeson, a guy who played a bunch. Um, and, and, man, happy to have him. He's one of the strongest guys on the team. Um, getting a guy like uh, – and I'm probably leaving somebody off. Uh, <laughs> uh, getting Marcus Hicks back uh, off Achilles' injury. So, uh, all those body types, it just makes makes it very competitive. And uh, that's what you want. You know, you don't want anybody stagnant or comfortable. Um, you know, because where we're trying to go, you can't be comfortable. You can tell you're excited about your group. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we, oh, yeah. we talked to Josh Ellison. First time, you know, making his debut here on Sooner Sports TV it was great. But he talked about his relationship that you guys had built out of high school. And then, of course, he goes JUCO. And then coming out of Blinn College, you know, once you offered him, it took him no time that he knew he wanted to play for you. Kind of how special was that relationship getting to actually go back and offer him again in junior college? Yeah, it was pretty cool because, uh, you know, you know, at the time, I believe he was, you know, committed to AM or something like that. But, you know, I, I just I really liked him. I always thought he was talented and um, I, I wanted an opportunity to coach him. You know, Quentin Griffin was like the running back coach down there at uh, Blinn and uh you know, you know, Q was like, hey, man, this dude can do it. He can do it. And just, just hang in there. You never know, Tibbs. And we, we hung in there. And then at the end, it, it wound up working itself out. And, you know, we were expecting big things from him. Like I said, he's ran with the ones uh, all, you know, all spring. And he doesn't look out of place. Uh, he's making plays. He's finding the ball. I think he's a confident player. And, and, and um, he had success last year. But, you know, I think that was just kind of scratching the surface. A lot of your guys talk about that, the relationship that they have with you. And it's uh... – you know, you're, you're fun, and, and it's like it, you like they like to go to practice with you, but if you get mad, you get on them, like, you know, kind of like another dad figure. How do you go about developing yeah. those relationships? Yeah, I'm myself. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to coach them hard, but love them harder. You know, uh, I believe in that. You know, having relationships with my players that, you know, that, that when I am pushing, that they understand that, that where I'm coming from, from that from that side of things. But um, you got to be able, you got to be willing to be pushed, and these guys are willing. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a relationship. We're going to laugh together. Um, you know, we're going to have some fun together. But then when it's time to lock in and get serious, you know, um, you got to be able to hit that switch. And uh, for the most part, these guys can do that. Okay, war daddies, for, for people that might be watching and, and want to know about that term, take us through, how, what is it? Describe it. How would you come up with it? Oh, man, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a term that means, hey, when we get ready to go to war, that, that, that you can depend on these guys and, and – you know, you're not guessing, you know, you know, like, you know, if it takes four overtimes, you know, to, to be, 
you know, Texas, that, that the guys that you have out there, that they're up for the task. You know, if it's, you know, going through a season of, you know, with, with, with you know, epidemic, epidemic uh, with Corona, you know, you know that these guys are, they signed up, they're ready to go, and that you can depend on them guys uh, to make plays. So uh, when you say that, you're saying that a guy's tough-minded, um, that, that he's a butt kicker, and, you know, you expect big things out of him. So I don't, I don't throw that term around lightly. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited, I tell you that much. I got a couple of them this year. That's awesome. Uh, I want to ask you with the draft coming up and, you know, your perspective on Ronnie Perkins and what a team is going to get with him. Man, they're going to get a football player, man. He's, he's probably one of the toughest guys that I've ever had a chance to work with, opportunity to coach. And I just tell you, man, I, there hadn't been one game that that kid hadn't found the football in. You know, I mean, I'm talking about from first game um, against, was it, FAU to the last one, man. He's a football player, man. And, and you know, I, 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 wish, I wish him nothing but the best. And it's just amazing. You think about, you know, recruiting a guy and, and, and him telling you your goals and then he comes to this place and, now they're about to manifest himself, man. Uh, it's a credit to to the work that he's put in, and man, just just happy, you know. I, I you know, knowing that family and, and what something like this is gonna do for that family, man, it, it gives me chills. So I'm I can't wait to hear his name called. It's gonna be a blessing. That's awesome. So spring football, take us through from the start where where you are with it as a team and a defense from the start to where you are at the end. What's kind of the goal? What do you guys want to get accomplished? Well, number one, you want to come out healthy. You know, I, I know that sounds kind of maybe corny, but, you know, when you, you know every day you, you get off that field, it's a blessing to come out healthy. We want to improve. We, we Consistency. You know, we got guys that can make some wild plays, but, but just be, you know, you know, make the consistent play consistently. Uh, control the controllables. You know, run the calls. You know, live in the backfield. You know, make the plays you're supposed to make. You know, win your one-on-ones. Um, you know, make sure that you're the most physical group on the field. Uh, and, and just, you know, make sure that, that – you know, there shouldn't be one practice where we don't feel you guys. And, and that's kind of been my challenge to these guys. And um, no matter what group is in there, that, that's been the expectation. And the offensive line obviously filling some holes. Creed Humphrey, you know, been the captain. What's uh, your guys going up, going up against them? What have you seen out of the offensive line? Uh, man, you know, Bill always does an amazing job with that group. They're going to be good. You know, they're, they're talented. Um, you know, expecting big things out of them. And, you know, when they're at their best, you know, we, we can catch our breaths because they're, you know, putting 10, 15 play drives together. And then all of a sudden when they're lighting up the scoreboard, we can go rush the passer. So it works hand in hand. You get an opportunity to go against the best in the country. And, uh, you know, it only makes you better. So, you know, when you leave practice and you're going to re getting ready to play a game, you're like, man, you know, the game was easier than practice. So, you know, that, that's how it's been around here. Last question for you, you know, talking with a few of the players, uh, especially on the defense, they believe, they, they talk about that they want to be the best defense in the country, right? And it's one thing to say it, but to believe it. It seems like the guys are really buying in and believing that they could do something special. What is your um, kind of expectations? How good could this defense be? Uh, you know, like I said, I think those expectations start with, with, with Coach Grinch and, and just, you know, uh, he's captured their minds, he's captured their hearts. And when you do that as a coach, you got them. And you know, we expect, we expect greatness. We expect great results. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's easy to come out and say things, but, but you want your actions to speak so loud that, that you don't have to say anything. Uh, you know, there's been constant improvement with Coach Grinch from year one to year two. And now year three, we, we don't expect that to change. So, um, you know, we, we want to be the best in every statistic. Um, you know, that's we, we want to have, you know, all Americans. We, we want to have all conference guys. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that's the expectation. And when that's not done, you know, you, you know, you're, you're uncomfortable, you know. So, so you know, these guys, they're, they're competitors. 
Um, they want the best for themselves, and, and that's the expectation. That's the vibe around here. And talk is cheap. We got to go do it. But I can tell you that the culture is right to do it. Coach Thibodeau, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of spring. All right, thank you. All right, thanks for hanging out with us on a Wednesday. Sorry, crazy week, man, with the Tuesday games. Uh, and now traveling back today. In fact, I landed, got home, called Toby, knocked out the pod. Uh, we've got a busy rest of this week. So I, I think Big 12 this week is going to drop on Thursday. And then we'll have a couple of podcasts for you on Friday and Saturday. First, speaking of Cootie, she had a great one-on-one with Jennifer Bronchek, Jeannie Bronchek, the new head women's basketball coach. We're going to bring that to you on Friday's podcast. Also, we're scheduled to hear from G. Juarez. And then on Saturday morning, we're going to drop a full spring game preview. So that way, if you're traveling down from Tulsa or up from Dallas or all across this amazing state or country to get here, we'll give you a good preview. Maybe check in to see if Gabe or Dusty want to give us some of their perspectives, Teddy Lehman, uh, and obviously T-Rose. We count down to the 4 o'clock spring game this Saturday. Thanks so much, as always, for downloading and subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until tomorrow, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.